Hey, welcome to Steve McGrath's Basecraft. So this week we're starting a new series about content creators. And I hope by checking this series out, it might inspire you to put up your own stuff. So, you know, it's not as daunting as you think it is. Just put up whatever you're comfortable with. And there's a little community of bass players who are into all the different niches, whether it's expensive gear, fretless, affordable gear, jazz bass, rock bass, metal bass. It's all out there. So whatever you put up, you'll find your own community. And that's what it's really about at the end of the day, not about amassing thousands of subscribers, which is cool. But if you just put up what, what you're interested and start chatting to other bass players, you're winning. That's really, in my opinion, the goal of putting up this kind of content. My first guest with this content creator series, I've got one of my favorite people on YouTube, Johnny Dibble. His videos are brilliant. He's like covers the affordable gear angle. That's kind of like his niche. The video quality is savage, the editing and the production. The sound is great. He's a class rock bass player. He's got a great technique with the pick and um, he's funny as well. So he has a good sense of humor, which always helps, you know, to keep you engaged. And I think we kind of really covered everything here. It's really comprehensive chat about what it's like to be a content creator. We covered like the technology involved and just where the ideas come from and how you keep the drive to keep putting up the stuff because it does take a lot of times if you want to get those very edited videos. So you got to keep the drive going in some way. Yeah, keep sending me the messages. Tell me what bass players I should get on. Tell me how I can improve it. And now I'm just going to jump right in here with Johnny Dibble. And as usual, don't forget to like, subscribe and buy some merch. You've got nothing to bear, nothing to get off your chest. I don't think so. <laughs> this might be really great therapy, though. You never know. You never know. How do I pronounce your name again? J Dibble, is it? Dibble. Yeah. Dibble. Dibble. That's that. I never heard that name before. No, it's pretty pretty great. My um my partner's surname is Bigwood as well, <laughs> so we've got some like cork in corkers. You should nice. go for the triple barrel name for the kid, like J Big Bigwood Dibble Dibble Bigwood Dibble Bigwood. That's the one. It sounds like a character from Monty Python or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But all my friends are always like, you should definitely take her name though, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> give yeah. my name. Hint, hint, to get rid of that dibble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the only, right. I'm the only male left, so I can't uh, uh, let, the, keep, let the lineage end. Keep it alive. Anyway, how are you getting on, man? What's happening in the world of Johnny Dibble? So good, man. So good. It's... Uh... It's good. It's just trying to keep up with uh with the videos going on whilst uh, alongside working full time is a challenge. But uh, you know, since lockdown happened and the country went a bit bloody mad, um, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna do more of what I love and and just get started making making videos, which is what I've always kind of wanted to do. So yeah, I'm feeling great. It's been a really good uh place in my life. How about you? Uh oh great. I'm I'm really busy actually. Yeah, I've I've no gigs, which is shit, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of stuff like at the moment with different kind of music schools and organizations and doing my private lessons and yeah you can't can't complain you know it's it, I've, I've wanted to have time to do it for a long time but you know the technology gets in the way trying to figure out how to use all these apps and programs every week I seem to have something new in my shed to make it a little bit better but That's anyone right. listen you don't need the good stuff to make good videos <laughs> It's so true. You just got you just got to start. And it, like, I, I like watching videos of YouTubers and uh, or anything when they look back on what they started on. Yes, and they're like, oh yes. my god, look at that! I, and, I last week I scrolled all the way down to the start of Davey Five Hundred Four's YouTube career, and he's like, "Hi guys, uh, let's play something funky." And he's playing like it was just hilarious to see his progression. 
and he was actually really good at the base even back then. Like I, I like I, I don't like all the stuff he puts up, but he is. I, I think he's a good bass player. Like he's he can play. Like absolutely. And it's funny. I, I was thinking about him today. Actually, it's weird that he's probably got you know all these followers and and probably does really well off of YouTube. Um, but still plays a like a sterling uh, music man. You know, not the full fat music man. Which I think you know interesting that you would you would choose not to go for the full American-made one when he could probably afford it. Yeah, I say he can afford any bass he wants. But he, I can't, for me, it kind of reminds me of um, in Guitar World magazine or something a few years ago, they had like a disc clickbait article. They were like, is Taylor Swift the new guitar god? And, or no, is Taylor Swift the new Eddie Van Halen? And, the answer yes. Yeah, so when you look into that, what they meant was, she is, is she making kids buy guitars? these days as Eddie did back in the day and the answer is yeah she so I have loads of students that are taking up the bass because they watch Davey's videos so wow can, that's amazing so certain like bass players in the bass community might slag him and say what he does is stupid or whatever but it's making people pick up the bass and that's that's good in my view like. absolutely and like it's so different to what traditional bass uh player content would do because I've tried mm. racking my brain thinking oh god what can I do this like stand out ish but like it's so hard isn't it i mean and he's done it he's kind of mixed that pewdiepie uh style in with what he is good at you know mm. and uh yeah really working and that's what i do find really interesting about the youtube space and uh and content creators in general is really cool you you only started at lockdown that was your first you hadn't been putting up instagram or youtube or anything that was it you just no, started yeah. just started just um i so i've done like you know, I've done like video stuff before and I like making like travel, 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 um, like travel uh, vlogs and things like that. And for, for my job, I do a lot of video work. Um, so I've kind of got that bank of experience and knowledge in terms of media production um, and obviously playing bass. I was like, let's just put the two together. I'd only done like Instagram little short videos of like me playing on some different angles. And I mm. put one up um Start of the year, I think in January, I bought uh, my Squire Classic Vibe P bass. And I put up, I thought, oh, this would be a fun, I'll just like make a little like minute video of me playing it. And I just put it online and it, and, and it got a good reception. Um, and like, I had people from Bristol and surrounding areas kind of messaging me, be like, hey, do you want to join this band? And I'd be like, whoa, I've never had Re- that before. Really? From one video, you're like, yeah. I was God, like, I, I'm, I, doing, so- I'm like, doing something wrong. I never get asked to do anything. <laughs> But that was the one time. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was like, oh, do you know what? There's, and I really enjoyed then talking to people online about um, about gear because, you know, I, I've i got loads of friends and I, I love my friends and everything, but like nobody talks about bass with me. <laughs> it's mm. a bit of a niche to me, um, yeah. you know, uh, in my circle of friends. I, you know, I talk guitars and everything to all my uh, musical friends, but uh, but not bass specifically. So being able to, I kind of really enjoyed talking about that and I thought oh there's there's such a wider community out here which previously I haven't really got involved with mm. um and so only since then starting my channel um and I saw an opportunity when I actually got sent a flyer really old-fashioned really dated looking flyer uh to my house and it's from um uh, DV247 uh and so I was like what is this this is ancient looking and, uh, and it had all these affordable bases on there. And I was like, oh, that one looks really interesting. And I tried to look for a video for it. And all the videos on it were like either 
really really bad quality or just like like they hadn't recorded they just recorded the room sound and not like yeah. the proper oh that's uh, the worst i know that there's nothing worse i, mean, I think my pet hate is like if i'm on instagram and someone has like they're using an iphone what's the cost a thousand quid or something and that's what they're putting their videos up with. I'm like, you could just buy a little cheap interface and make a good video instead of right. putting base videos up, which are really, really expensive iPhone. But I don't know. That's yeah. my own pet hate. I know. It's crazy. Uh, it really annoys me. And what's wrong pet hates of videos? The other thing that gets me is when people, because like, I'm not by no stretch a like great bass player. I, I think I'm pretty average um and i like your I tone like, i like your tone you're good you get, a, you get a great rock tone in all your videos so you, you've got oh, those thanks, chops man. down yeah, that's that's my kind of forte is that clangy um pick playing and i play really aggressively and i kind of always believe that a lot of your tone is in your hands um a, you know classic example you give john mayer a, a hello kitty strat and he'll make it sound like incredible mm. um and uh, i'm not saying i'm john mayer but um <laughs> You know, I like to think that I've I've never had a bass that's worth more than seven hundred quid. I think. And uh, same, yeah. P- people look at my I call it the Great Wall of Bass behind me, and they're like, "God, you spent so much money. You, you, how could you spend all that money?" I'm like, "Well, half the wall I got for free because they were broken bases, <laughs> and the rest I bought secondhand. And yeah, I, none of them are wor- wor- cost more than seven hundred. Not a chance. Like, yeah, and like." the the amount of bang for your buck that you can get now for like 300 quid is just insane and i just kind of wanted to highlight highlight that more because i hate like elitism and things like that when it comes to brands and it's like even when i did like some videos on harley benton stuff some people comment saying oh yeah it's harley benton so you know it's not gonna be any good or like instantly write it off it's like no like look listen to this Mm. um so i kind of wanted to show that you can get good quality stuff and i want to make some more high-end good quality videos of gear that perhaps wouldn't get treated that way on youtube so wouldn't get people wouldn't necessarily spend the time uh making a taking the time to make a decent video about this really cheap you know rubbish base um so i kind of wanted to feel that niche a little bit and so i focused more kind of on the more affordable end you're dead on because I, I i'd be students would be looking for an affordable bass and then i'd look for the reviews and there's none up there because everyone wants to review that expensive guitar but you're really you are filling that niche you did some you did a review on the talman wasn't it the full length version of it yeah that's right and um yeah i've still got that bass actually my 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 business model at the minute is to get them in uh mostly i'm getting these second hand um review them and then sell try and sell them on for the same amount of money or if i if I'm losing money, it's it's like 20 quid, you know, and the way I look at it, it's like, okay, 20 quid, that's going to cost me to make that video and to gain this many subscribers, you know, it, that's fine. I can, I can budget that. But, um, yeah, that Talman, um, I kind of, it was kind of a negative review that I did on that one. And, um, and I still stand by like the, the sound. I, I wasn't big on the, uh, electronics that are in there. Um, but I keep picking that thing up and playing it, man. It's, it, really even across the and the short the short scale version doesn't have any electronics in no, it, does it? That's, that's, just... right. that's um okay i think that one's uh all passive um whereas mm. the it's got an active preamp in in the in the tmb 100 and yeah i just think i'm always wary now of um active preamps in more affordable bases i think because that is potentially an element to skimp on and i think you can't really um skimp on, on that on the electronics so uh 
I would much rather. I like. I'm not big on active circuits anyway. Um, I'm more of a. No, I mean. I, I like a passive bass that have it sound, and then I because I'm a pedal guy as well, um, and then I have you know, basically my sounds out to do all, all of the EQ for me. But having that like classic sound, like like a P bass, I just want it to sound like a P bass, you know. Um, yeah. And so I do actually. I'm a bit hypocritical because my one of my number one of my number one bases I just said it's true um, is my <laughs> Sterling uh, Ray Twenty Four and that um, that has uh, an active preamp on board but that is the only preamp that I've actually gotten on with um, because it's not too hot and it's it's you know even when you turn the bass up it's not booming at you whereas I find with some of the but then that is a more expensive bass um, but I got it secondhand of course. Of course, yeah, they are a bit unusual, unusable though. I have the sire there, like a sire, they have good preamps for the price, like. But the, there's so much bass, you never, you just blow up a speaker, yeah. like it's not usable. I don't know, they're always so loud. The active basses, that's just the thing with them. Absolutely, I, guess, like. I had that exact bass. Um, I think, I think that might be how we first came into contact. Actually, was about uh, owning that bass and a couple of years ago for me now, and uh, and yeah, I I couldn't. It sounded so good, and the neck on that thing is amazing. It's so so thin, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's my second version of it. The first one had a twisted neck, and I kept it for nine months, thinking uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know how to set this up, but after a while, it's like, no, there's something <laughs> wrong with this. <laughs> but Toman just gave me a new one, free, no bother. That's like, so good. After that's nine so months, good. so you can't complain. There. Absolutely, yeah. I my other thing is I, I can see it. It's haunting me now. I can see it in the background. All those knobs. I think I'm. I think I'm done with with guitars with loads <laughs> of knobs on it because I just get when I've got a preamp there, a preamp on the pedal board, and then a preamp on the amp or in the interface, you know, on the uh, in the door. I'm like, oh, it's like tone overload. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I did a gig, my first gig with it, with this uh, jazzy, well, rock fusion or whatever you want to call it band. I mean, Electric Orpheo. And I literally had on my set list a drawing of all this, the buttons on the sire. And I had a, what I had to have engaged for every song. Because, like, I know I'm just not going to have a clue how to use this thing the night of the gig. Like That's it. And I, I, now I'm all about ease when it comes to gig as well. I want something that's reliable and not going to let me down. And because um, it's got two batteries in the back of that one, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it, ridiculous. And it won't work if the battery's yeah, still dead. So yeah, and like, I found that out the hard way. Because during a show, it crapped out on me. Um, I, you know, my fault for not checking the batteries, but I, they weren't in there too long, I didn't think. And that's what convinced me to sell it in the end, because I was like, oh, I just, I don't want that anxiety before a show that that, that, that could happen. Because I I just got a new cab, and I was like, oh, the guy that sold me this cab has done me over. You know, <laughs> this one's broken. It just died on me. But um, it was... What, 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 in your opinion, is the point where people can call back to you? I, I, I sold a thing. I'm not going to mention too many details, but four months later, it was working perfectly for me for about six years. And then four or five months later, the guy gets onto me going crazy that it wasn't working. What? Like, sh- should I reimburse him or has the point of no return ha- passed by then? Like, yeah, that is a tough one. I've, I've not had it happen to me. Um, I would probably say, like, I'd probably say like a month. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It depends how long you've owned it, really. Well, he started abusing me then, so that kind of ended <laughs> any conversation. <laughs> yeah, you're like, goodbye. <laughs> I've had your money. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, have your money. See you later. But uh, yeah, no, so you're, um, you, had, you, you do get a good bit live, though, as well. You've been, you were telling me before we chatted, before we came on air about 
touring with was it Cardinal Bay? Was that your original band? Yeah, that band? was my uh, one of one of my old bands. Uh, probably the longest running one that we had. Um, and some of the members uh, I'm in now in a band with now we've kind of uh, reformed as a, in a new group but with some different members. But uh, yeah, no, that was uh, some some of my favourite years were just playing in that band. And we weren't anything big. We weren't anything special, but uh, you know, absolutely loved it. Some of the you know, I, I I had a decision to make when I left college. It was, do I go off to university or study local and stay in the band? And I hear about all these stories that people had when they went off to university, all these great times they had. And and I don't get jealous at all because I wouldn't have been able to go and do tours around the only little tours, you know, I'm not talking like big yeah. tours of the UK, up and down the country. <laughs> not about that. I just mean like little local weekenders and then the odd longer tour with bands and just the memories from that and just the fun that we had it's just i wouldn't change it for the world yeah i was the same i was uh, i kind of gave up on the making and the music whatever that even means these days i went to college and it turns out we did actually study some study something similar in college you did uh animal conversation conservation yeah animal conversation <laughs> it was and, uh... conversation <laughs> that would be interesting <laughs> dr dude yeah, job. exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I went and studied, I didn't know what to do after school, so I went and studied um, A-levels and uh, B-tech in um, in animal management for some reason. I don't know why, I, well, I, literally I was thinking this today, I don't know where that came from. Um, so I always surprise people with my degree and what I, what I got it. And do you still manage animals or have you left well, in my, animal management yeah, behind? I, that. Um, I do have... Careful what you say, no, you want to have a job tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got a cat and and three rabbits so technically yeah i'd still do manage the bloody zoo that i've got around here um but no my um i work in marketing now so uh that's always and that spawns from um music as well actually because i came fascinated when i was wanting to make it you know marketing in modern music is huge and it's you know it's essential mm. like you could have there are probably hundreds of bands out there with the musical potential to have made it and that have got amazing yep. songs. But if they haven't got the marketing, they're not going to make it. If they haven't got the time and the effort to put in to play the game, they're not going to make it. It doesn't matter how good your songs are anymore, which, you know, is sad, but you've got to adapt. You've got to, that's how it works. I think there's, there's two sides to that. Like before the record companies were the gatekeepers, but these days, the gatekeepers is like well it's the internet but you can get out there if you put in the effort and you have the the right uh marketing on your social media and all that stuff and while it is annoying to do at least there's not one gatekeeper the record company that says i don't like your band even if your band is awesome but if your band is awesome and you do all the things you're supposed to do you will get in front of the right people and build up a following absolutely and it all comes down to i always think of it as like you know nowadays with streaming and everything being so accessible, um, everyone's attention spans are obviously so reduced now that if I like, even on like an, say an Instagram advert for a band comes up, if I don't like that music within two seconds, I've swiped off. And it's that instant yeah. gratification, isn't it? Like if I think, oh, that hook got me straight away, I'll swipe up and I'll listen. And if you don't have that, it's sad, isn't it? Like <laughs> that is that is how people's minds no. think now. So you have to have that behind you now because otherwise and even it comes down to i'm so guilty of this it'll come down to a band name album artwork i'll see if i don't like one of those two things if i'm seeing an artist now i don't don't listen to them because i don't like it and that's so (laughs) short-sighted and uh but that's just uh just kind of how it is nowadays isn't it 
Yeah, and you still listen to mainly guitar-based music. That's you're still listening to all rock. Yeah, stuff. yeah, absolutely. Um, so b- bands like well, bands that are killing it at the minute, like um, while she sleeps, like I've, you know, I really like the heavy music as well. Um, there are bands. Uh, do you know of them much? Uh, no, I haven't heard of them. No, I listen to uh, who have I liked lately? At uh, Truck Fighters, do you know that kind of stoner rock band? Desert yeah, rock. yeah, yeah. As like and I'm 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 getting into the more like stoner kind of uh, sad boy pop punk type stuff at the minute with bands like Teenage Wrist and that that's just like totally my bag at the minute. Um, basically, just shit loads of chorus. <laughs> um, <laughs> so lots of effects. yeah, exactly. That's like distortion and chorus for me for for bass anyway. Like the the only two effects that are my like go tos. Um, and uh, how long have you been playing the bass? You were saying you were in a band already in college, like, but have you been playing since you were really young yeah. or did you come to it kind of late? So I started playing, oh, I, I did answer this in Q&A video the other day, but I can't, how old was I? I think I was about 14, 15, um, basically uh, starting second, secondary school, probably a bit earlier than that then, starting secondary school playing um, guitar and I was doing lessons Uh and I started, this is classic, like, oh, yeah, bassists are just failed guitar players. Yeah, that is that is legit me. <laughs> <laughs> does happen a yeah, lot, well, though. <laughs> the thing is, it's more accessible, isn't it? And it's like, here, here's the guitar. It's more well-known. So people often start on that. So I wouldn't say I'm a failed guitarist, just uh, preferred the bass. Well, I'll trump that by saying that Jacko was a failed drummer because he broke his wrist as a kid and he had to play the bass. There we go, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> and that, uh, but do you think he might not have been... Where he was, you know, if he hadn't done that. So, um, so, so yeah, kind of all started out when I joined secondary school, and um, I wasn't getting on with the guitar that great. And um, my teacher one day was like, "Here, try this." And it was the space because my timing was good, but I wasn't getting the chord thing very well. I think my hands mm. are too big. Um, and then he said, uh, <laughs> "Yeah," so he, he he let me borrow his uh, his P bass, and I really got on with it. And then when I got to school, my friend was already learning guitar as well. And then he met somebody else who played guitar and then that formed our first ever band. Uh, and then we started doing gigs on like our local scene in, uh, in Bridgewater in Somerset. Uh, and yeah, we were the like playing with bands that were in like their you no know, 18 year olds and we were that rocking up with our like spider line six amps and uh <laughs> oh god yeah. that, that yeah, both guitarists had it oh it's like a wall of uh remember the chaos setting or insane, insane. yeah in- it's like who invented this piece of shit amp and put this insane setting that no one can ever use they were like in 20 years time people will remember this sound and they did <laughs> It probably sold a lot of amps, like little oh, teenagers go into the yeah. shop and he's like, insane. Oh, that is it. I'm bringing this amp Absol- home. It was probably like re- such a clever move, like, you know, making it so insane. <laughs> the kids, like you say, kids were just like, I need that sound. That is the overdriven, mad sound that I'm after. <laughs> Have you got a process for what gear you're going to review? Like, and that was pretty interesting that you said you can... I always wondered, like, when I'm watching these people on online doing the content with the reviews, like, are they how are they affording all this gear, yeah. and why does anyone need? But that's great that you sell it on, like, because you know, I was thinking, who needs twenty multi effects pedal? Yeah, exactly. And um, so that's what I have to do. I I like to think of myself as quite 
good at knowing the secondhand market. I'm all uh, I'm, like most days I'm looking on eBay and I'm looking on Gumtree and I'm looking on um, like the base players market UK Facebook page. But well, that's just a gold mine for me. <laughs> I like to I like to yeah. think that I know what is a good price when I see one um, for for mm. for more affordable bases anyway. And I kind of got an idea of what bases hold their value as well. So like yeah. any Squire stuff, like is, it holds its values really well, especially like the, well, the classic by vintage modified stuff. People sell that second half for like 250 quid and, you, and like, and it's been out for like six years and you're like, God, that's insane that it's holding its value that long. So it just shows that the more affordable stuff, that's a be- another benefit, isn't it? That it's not going to degrade yeah. so much compared to like an American vendor. You're not going to lose so much money. I kind of think of it like, I've got some ideas for like what I might want to get in next or some of it is personal preference. So like, if I'm like, Oh, I really want another jazz bass. I'll try out some jazz basses, you know? And mm-hmm. so my original plan, because I had this vendor jazz bass a few months ago and that was my number one. And I've kind of been keeping like three or four bases for myself, for my own like use. And I, so I'll bring in this bass to review Hmm, do I like this more than my one that I uh, have now? Yes, I do. Okay, well, I'll sell that one on then and I'll keep this in my arsenal. And yeah. then it kind of happens like that. Uh, that's my like rotation process anyway. Do you get a pain in your heart when you let go of it? Do you know what? Like, the, no. the pain isn't until I've let go and said goodbye and spent the money. And I'm like, oh, no, I've got, I've done that with, I, you know, there's so, I'm going to do a video, I think, of like the ones that got away because there are a lot. <laughs> and even that jazz bass. Yeah, I have a few. Yeah. Still miss it now. Was it a square jazz? No, bass, it, was, it? it was actually a, a Fender. So I had a Fender Jaguar bass, which I loved, um, and I ruined it when I bought a jazz bass because I wanted a maple maple fretboard uh, neck for it to do like some mods. Um, and I ruined when I, I swapped the necks over, and I ruined it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, it needed some work, and I didn't I didn't put the time into yeah. it. Um, it wasn't. I wouldn't say I ruined it; it just wasn't how it didn't play how it used to. Um, and I thought, oh, it'd be great with this neck; it'll be fine. But it would the neck wasn't as good, and so I, I just ah, I sold on the whole thing and kept the jazz bass. So it was a jazz bass Fender jazz bass body with a Jaguar neck. Um, oh, cool! So yeah, it, and it was best Fender neck I've ever ever had. Really, really uh, thin, full scale, but uh, yeah, really, really nice and playable. Yeah, I had a Jag as well, and I kind of regret selling it, but it, I do this thing when I'm playing, like Les Claypool um, strummy thing, and I kept turning the bass off because it you know, has all them buttons. Oh, up I see, top. yeah. And the Jag's like, oh, I, this is no good. I'm going to tape them buttons up and, you know what, for, yeah, for that, and it's going to sell it. But I kind of, it did look amazing. And yeah, fun. that's this one, my my Jag, luckily, was a, just a PJ configuration and just your standard jazz layout control. It didn't have any of the... Uh, the other weird circuits in there all the switches and stuff yeah i can imagine that was a flipping pain yeah it was a disaster but you were doing a lot of reviews of those kind of um multi-stomp box things yeah so the the first one of that because you know i was kind of thinking of jumping on that trend of like cheapest thing on amazon you know that type of thing so that started off with the the sonic cake sonic bar boom avenue combined stage effects for bass <gasps> that i don't know how you say that <laughs> it's, it's, the, the, i repeated <laughs> it in the video now it's just like ingrained in my mind forever um and then actually a local guy to me um 
sent me a message and he actually bought one of the bases I'd reviewed and he was like hey I've got this I've got this pedal which is the Veilton one which I did recently he was like do you want to review it and I was like hell yeah yeah send it let's have a look and and same with the um Tech 21 um the Doug Pinnock pedal that was a local guy who, who I'd never met before but I you know uh, mutual friends and he was like hey I've seen your videos do you want to review this and I've had uh, you know even more people um well, you're you're getting a good hop off your channel, like you know, people contact. Yeah, like it's just it's really mad. cool. Um, I'm just so grateful to for for those people for for getting in touch and and just generally like enjoying the enjoying the content. And they're like, yeah, just want to see what you think of this, and then just do what I can to help. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Like it restored my faith in humanity. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the the community is really support supporting like on Instagram and YouTube for bass players. Anyway, I can't speak for other instruments like yeah guitarist it's uh, just a uh, oh, <laughs> shit fest <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know yeah uh, don't don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> no there's i was looking at another channel and the guy kind of he trolls people a bit like and i was like oh thank god there's no one in the bass world that that's how they make they get more subscribers oh, like there's a niche there mate uh, i just don't think <laughs> just uh, shitting on people <laughs> abusing them. fuck this guy like, <laughs> no i don't think we we don't need to fill that niche in the base uh community we'll leave that to guitar players um, i'm so i was actually talking to um uh low-end lobster the other day on uh instagram um and he said something which is so true that he noticed that he watched used to watch a lot of tech videos and he noticed that all these companies were they weren't like rivals they were like uh working together to create content and yeah. not just like collaborations i mean like giving each like after they've done with this send it on to this person to review because when more stuff starts coming out and people start producing more videos you know your video gets suggested in someone else's video and so it just boosts you both up and like why wouldn't you want to do that yeah. and it's just removes this toxicity from and from any kind of thing like that and i was like yeah that is so true and i came to a similar realization like well probably like a couple of years ago um about bands as well because i used to get so jealous of other bands doing well or like oh my band's not doing well what's going on you know um <laughs> that's not right and ooh, um and now i and i'm so much happier for it as well because i just don't i don't get jealous like that anymore or bitter or bitchy or anything like that because i just think well if we all just help each other out and try and create content together or network and do things like that it's just win-win for everyone isn't it and so i think that talking yeah. about that um you know people being spiteful and mean on the internet i just think is just the wrong way to go and uh and and he was talking to me about you know doing something together or something like that and i think that would be wicked like just supporting each other and and he actually i'm running out of breath now he sends <laughs> Well, they'd kind of trade the bases between each other in America there. You know, that once they're done with it, he'll send it on to someone else to review and then they'll send it on to someone else to review. So it passes for you a couple that's of hands. Cool. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's brilliant. And I we could do that in Europe. I got I got that base behind me, the the Alan Woody Epiphone. Yeah. I got that from the UK and it was like 13 euros to courier. Yeah, it's, so it's not I guess much, is it? We need to start thinking like sure America is huge like we europe is like a we it's the same distance in some ways some countries between each other as the states over there like we could be sending instruments back yeah. and forth so mate if you could pack up that uh black jazz <laughs> behind you and send it to me that'd be great what the fuck <laughs> if i just say this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah that kind of collaborative thing on, on on youtube i think it's great and i think all for it in any in any kind of um community on youtube i think 
it's just because like YouTube drama is just like oh it's just so petty and uh I hate it so yeah spread the positive vibes I'd say yeah and even myself um I do react to like yourself and the other guys putting up stuff but not in a way like fuck them it's in like oh, he's killing it I need to start putting it because you get lazy like and I'm like I see your your editing especially made me think oh I need to up up the editing game here and just go on YouTube and look up some tips you know for Final Cut Pro or whatever but yeah it doesn't annoy me it just kind of puts a bit of fire in my belly and is like I gotta get some more stuff out there yeah absolutely and I kind of um I kind of did mine on you know uh, somebody in one of my first videos compared me to Patrick Hunter and I was like yes that was my goal because I love his channel and that's you know kind of what inspired me in its similar playing style to uh to what I wanted yeah. to do so um I think your thumb your thumbnails are kind of like his your your are like Patrick Hunter yeah definitely I I bloody love a good thumbnail making thumbnails is like <laughs> the exciting bit <laughs> obviously this uh, episode um I'm kind of doing it in little series and this is part of the content creators part like so it's okay to get nerd out on stuff like thumbnails yeah. all these other things to do with creating that's why people are will be listening to this they want to get the thumb out you know and learn how to get their own stuff out there because I'm always getting asked by people saying oh how do you do it and it's it's just it's literally it's a dumb thing and it's a cliche but you just have to start yeah. oh absolutely and like I wish I'd started ages ago now because, like I said, I kind of had the skill sets to, to to have been doing it for a long time. I don't know why I waited so long. Um, the thing that kind of made me start was when Harley Benton brought out my first video was on the Harley Benton Rickenbacker copy. And I saw that come out and I was like, oh, I want to, I want, I really want to play that and see how it sounds. But I don't, I don't really think it'll be a base for me to keep. I know, I'll do a review of it and start start doing stuff on youtube that'll be my excuse um and yeah and so and, and, it'll... and you, you haven't had the fatigue yet like the youtube what you're feeling like oh i can't do it. it's a once a week you're doing it isn't it you're getting one yeah and, and generally. That, yeah it's kind of once a week twice a week if i'm doing because i started doing i thought oh how can i do more and see how that grows the channel more um and so i started doing like kind of phone filmed unboxing videos or like quick phone filmed uh you know little little things and and I, I think those really those really help as well because I was I did a few unboxings but I felt like oh, I don't really feel like that's a full week's upload. I don't know. I felt like uh that, that was a bit of a cop out to do that as a whole week video. So I was like oh, I know yeah. I know I'll just do it quick and easy on my phone. Bish bash bosh done. It's still the same thing getting out there but it'll just be quicker and easier for everyone so yeah like once a week i'm doing um it's gotten harder recently because i like i don't know how some people do every day oh my well, i suppose they pay people to, to edit yeah. <laughs> i don't know but uh, <laughs> it's so time for anyone who doesn't hasn't done these videos they do take a long time like, that you, you can't you think about like musicians as well for youtube it's not just the recording and editing you've got to write the music record it all bounce it all out you know there's 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 another element in there essentially which takes up even more yeah. time um but yeah it, it, i haven't got the fatigue yet <laughs> um it, like i said <laughs> it is getting busier uh like i said we roughly how many hours would it take you to do a video like um i would say <laughs> don't freak no, people out too much probably <laughs> eight hours maybe 
Oh, that's that's pretty well, good. Well, I don't know. Is that just the ed- that's quicker? That's quicker. I would say than that's me. just that's the editing. To be fair, I would say another two hours. I'd say about ten hours for a video, because yeah. um, it sometimes it depends if I've got like a track to draw on. So if I'm writing throughout the week and I'm like, oh, I'll use this part of this song that I've written for for the outro for for the next video or something, um, or if I'm you know, so or if I'm like, oh, that song that I wrote a couple of months ago, I'll, I'll use that you know for the ending. Uh, but if I've got to like write a whole new outro, because that's my kind of structure at the minute, is like just bass and drums for the intro, just bass for the uh, like the middle part when the, the tone test, and then for the outro I'll do a yeah. full mix. Um, yeah, I was wondering where the songs were. I, ta- I wasn't sure if they were from your band. Or are you just recording all yeah, the parts? That's for just those all me. Tunes all me. All right, then. Yeah, no, the um. Uh, I don't think the band was, uh, would let me embarrass them. <laughs> no, I, I, I use my own band for like all my uh, backing um, stuff for when I'm talking and all the uh, the music in the background. It's just uh, my band, but without the vocals. But um, yeah, for the outro, I thought I'd just record things myself. And uh, so yeah, just like that. And is there anything happening with your band at the moment? A bit of practice or anything? Yeah, man. So um, we haven't done a gig in a long time for various uh, reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, and, and you know we're we're not like a band that's like yeah we're gonna push to make it we're gonna do this we're gonna take the world by storm you know we you know what we are and we're just kind of casually ticking along and doing it because we love it and I think that that's if you're trying to make it sometimes you kind of lose the passion for it and that's certainly what happened with our last band I think that we just kind of fell out of love with it and just like got exhausted yeah. from like trying so hard um, so with this one it's I'm not saying like, ah, oh, we don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just saying that we, it's just more casual and, and doing it, doing what we like. Um, and so it's been, it's mm. been a much happier uh, environment. I'm painting it like something went horribly wrong in the last band. And that it's, oh, it's way happier this one. <laughs> dish to, look, if you dish the dirt, I can cut it out. It's grand. <laughs> no, this is a no filtered podcast. Leave it all in. <laughs> no, um, but uh, no, I think that's important. Like, when you're younger you put all your eggs in the band and it's just stressful isn't it like it's nice when you've other things in your life and the band is fun and you you kind of i think you're more passionate about it then aren't you yeah i think so well certainly for me i I am now i think um i just enjoy it more and it's more about being with you know your mates and just having a good time and uh and going to um you, you know because if something I used to get pressured before that, oh no, we're playing too many hometown shows and people aren't going to want to come and what people think of this. If we put this out and this doesn't look professional and we're trying to make it and this looks silly, you know. Like I used to stress myself out mm. and things like that. Um, but now I, I don't really get that. So yeah, much better. Yeah, we've just been in the recording studio um, a couple of weeks ago. We've just had our final mixes back now for two new tracks that we've been doing. And yeah, can't wait, can't wait to get them out. We're going to do like music videos and stuff like that. And yeah. Buzzing, mate. Can't wait. Yeah, that's class. And you're in um, Somerset. Is that where yeah. you live? Grand, I was Cider yeah, Country. and I literally live on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really nice. <laughs> that's why my internet is so bad sometimes. Um, because, yeah, <laughs> out here on the, farm, yeah. on the farmer land. Yeah, I've been to Glastonbury and I was in Somerset. We stayed in um, Glastonbury Village before we went. But not Glastonbury. What's, there's a bunch of little villages, isn't there, near the yeah. festival? And we stayed in one of them, and um, God, that cider killed me. It, it, it's strong you get stuff. a bit scrumpy in you, you're gone. It was like a luminous orange. I was like, what the fuck is There's, this shit? There is a place uh, local to here called like Lily's Cider. And uh, I think they've gone bust now, unfortunately. But um, And they made 
I think it was like 8.2% cider um, and in like a barrel, you know, you take it to a festival, you're done. Like you're gone. Yeah. And it's, and it's so nice. Like it's not, yeah, I've had. Oh, yeah, you don't think it's like you think it's going to be really heavy or like hard to like bitter or horrible, but it's actually really easy to drink. And I think for the seven point five percent one on tap in my local uh, gig venue, it's like two pound fifty a pint, so it's like lethal. <laughs> yeah, well, where I am in Ireland is the cider capital of Ireland, and the guy this hundred years ago, this guy Magner went wow. to. Somerset and learned how to make cider, so, but 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 he kind of fucked it up. For, he well he ch- he changed it. So our cider is carbonated, and it's um really cold. You drink it with loads of ice. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, yeah, so we don't want to. When I was in cider. Somerset, we're, well, that's the thing. When we were in, I was playing the festival cider fest. It was called in Somerset, and um they had like all these really classy locally produced ciders, and they were all warm and bit non carbonated. I just went for like the commercial fizzy cold one and they were looking at me like Philistine, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> what do you do? It's blasphemy in our in our own this county. Is the worst. Yeah, the um, <laughs> bloody love a good side. Nothing better. Sit in the pub in the beer garden with a cider in the sun. Oh. Yeah, those days will be back. Don't worry, they'll be back. <laughs> so you're living in the countryside, are you in some in a farm? Yeah, absolutely. Born and bred in Somerset, mate, if you couldn't tell. Um, yeah, my uh, I live here with my uh, my girlfriend's uh, parents' house at the minute. Um, they let me make lots of noise, so that's good. That's that's yeah. Sweet. But we're, it's we're um, you know been living here for a year whilst uh, whilst saving up to buy a house. So uh, so yeah, on the on an, in a little cottage in the countryside on the farm. So very quaint. <laughs> and Johnny, now tell me, have you put the the man cave, the music shed, on your budget for the house? Is that That's literally <laughs> like I've already got the man cave upstairs and I was like, look, but if we're going to get a house and it's going to be a bigger house, then I need to have my room. And she was like, OK, fine. <laughs> so I got it. <laughs> so, yes, I'm going to. And I'm actually thinking of like designing it for videos as well. So like to have like a bit of a mm. wall like you've got behind you there, because uh, at the minute yeah. my, my setup in the room is a bit janky and I've just. This this is a shed like this is a timber shed. I just make it making it look nice. <laughs> you fooled me because it looks bloody lovely. Yeah, I fooled you. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to um and get some plants in there. You know, make it look all cool. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's the that's the plan. Anyway, got got my my manden sorted. So when we when we went and viewed the house that we've now bought, I was like, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> this is my space. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching Paul David's. Oh, um, don't he, get he just, started on him. He, his home studio. He put up his. Um, obviously, he built his dream studio. He's after getting pretty successful on YouTube, yeah. but he did, he had it all. He had the electric shutters for the the sun coming in and the acoustic treatment and every amp. It's uh, it's cool. I you know I'm I'm ge- I like geeking out on that watching these. Yeah, because the the one he had before it was like all coming out of like one socket, wasn't it? All of his yeah, electric yeah. and yeah, art oh, his. When you're talking about quality and rocket up the ass, that is the channel for me. I'm like, oh my god, the editing, the oh, style yeah, of the um, you know, the the lenses he's got, oh, it's just stunning. And like, yeah, I just think he's a. Uh, I only I only started watching him this year that I found him, and I just think it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think that he is fantastic, but I don't. I think people shouldn't be put not put off starting because they can't get the Paul David oh, no, quality. Absolutely not. 
that's like fucking film quality. Yeah, right? and when <laughs> you look on. at the cameras, you know, he's look, he's got um, a, just a couple of Sony A seven twos, and it's like bloody, that's like five grand's worth of camera right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I have a Canon M fifty. It's a five hundred quid camera. You know, it's. I don't I don't know how to use anything a camera very well anyway like so it's my learning camera and it's all I need at the yeah, moment yeah I like people probably know from watching my channel that I don't like spending money and so I focus on cheaper gear <laughs> and uh yeah I got all pretty much all my stuff second hand and uh you just gotta literally get what you can and get started because even if you like with editing as well people some people are like oh i don't know what i'm doing well just you just got to start and, and make it up as you go along and then you kind of work out your routine what works for you what you like and then you kind of get you start working out your own style i think you can't yeah. go about copying someone's style too much you know my editing style is is nothing revolutionary and it's not like i'm saying that i've found my own style because it's it's pretty classic youtuber editing i would say with like yeah you haven't you didn't start asking people to slap life yet anyway, <laughs> no that's so. it I, I was trying to i was trying to think of like oh what can i say it's like my thing for the uh, your man burl toad is saying tap like now oh no <laughs> we need to come up with one i feel yeah i ha had a few but i don't know we'll see like <laughs> <laughs> you just stroke your beard stroke like <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> stroke like no, but um, yeah, I I do think you have to find your voice, uh, with the video editing, but it depends on what you're doing, really. Like, if you're educational, I don't think the video editing has to be as savage. Like, if you look at like a channel like Jim Stinnett, have you ever seen him? Real bass lessons. Oh, yeah, that rings a bell. He's like this Berkeley College teacher, and he just has the camera. It's it's fine quality, no fancy editing. He talks, he doesn't put up any tab. And then he just, at the end, he just goes, play along with me. And he presses play on his laptop and he has a few hundred videos up and the content is awesome. Like he's doing Motown, jazz. I've learned loads of stuff from him. Yeah, I, I, so like it really just find your own uh, way of doing it. Absolutely. And I think it's got, like I say, it can change the vibe completely. And, you know, when whenever we're um, making films in work for my job, um, you know, we always say that, you know, a bit of music can go a long way. And that if you like add yeah. a bit of dramatic music to something, like you might think something when you're recording something, oh, this is a bit dry or like this is a bit, uh, maybe a bit rubbish. But then you, you add a bit of bouncy music on there and it like lifts it up so much. So you've got to kind of match Definitely. what you want to get out of it in the editing style as well. For me, I'm, you know, I'm quite uh, energetic when I'm, when I'm passionate about something. Um, and so that kind of jump cut style, um it kind of suits it because i'm quite fast talking and i but then i do <laughs> the, the this is why the edit takes so long is because there's so much <laughs> of me going um oh yeah, yeah and this you know it's quite erratic so uh, <laughs> uh so that kind of suits it and thank god because if i had to do it in like one take i, like, I couldn't do that uh no i don't i i, I was watching um what's his name anthony fantano another guy who does the album reviews and he does the quick cuts. He's talking and then you see a cut. And I was like, hey, he's not doing these in one take. He's cutting the shit out of them. And, it, and then now I've started doing that. I just leave the camera rolling and I just keep talking. And then when I'm editing, I'm just chopping it all yeah. up make, and make some kind of coherent message. I think it's it. totally about your audience as well. Because, you know, going back to that idea of like instant gratification, people want it now, you know, and just want everything in your face and don't want to wait have to wait around for it that is a way of 
making it bam, 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 you know, really quick. Here it is, you know, and you're instantly jumping and it's grabbing your attention all the time as if you've got slow talking bits of pause in. If you've got, if you've got a younger audience, you know, then it's not going to retain that attention. And that retention is, is really important. Um, although interesting, I was looking at my analytics the other day and it's not like my demographic at all. It's actually a bit older at the minute, but I, I think that will <laughs> that will change when I reach small people. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, are young people playing the bass? Is there a lot of young people these days picking it up? Right. I don't, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, that's the thing because a lot of people, you know, when they get to like 20 or something, might start playing um, because somebody needs a bassist, you know, and that's how a lot of people start playing mm. their guitar players and somebody needed a bass player. So they just started playing bass. Um, that's another pet peeve, though, is when you can tell <laughs> when it's a guitar player playing bass and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh one thing i do love though is the pick playing and you do your your class with the pick like you're you're very comfortable with it thanks man and uh, people would be shitting on the pick playing but it's actually hard it is hard to do yeah. and it's a really cool sound like and i've been getting better at it myself in the last few years like i I purposely have a few songs in our set in the band that make me use a plex so that's like 10 minutes practice every night <laughs> yeah that's just always come you know that's always been my go-to sounds like i said i I love that like clangy trebly punching through the mix uh bass tone um so a lot of people probably if they're watching my videos on a phone might go oh bloody hell that's uh uh that's <laughs> punching through my ear holes but it's because i i like that presence and hence why i like a sans amp for me it's like just a great pedal because it it does that yeah i use it as well yeah um yeah that's a good point though to mix for the phone because often i'll have something mixed here on my speakers decent ones and i put it on my phone like oh i can't hear anything that's awful yeah. so you, you do have to mix for phones really yeah absolutely um i had uh i've learned a, i learned a bit from that this week actually somebody uh i got a negative comment of somebody saying like um <laughs> oh really you're your first troll <laughs> that that means johnny you you've made it you, you've made it in the youtube world you've got haters <laughs> yes thank god can't, can't have love without the hate the balance <laughs> i i'm still a virgin <laughs> I, 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 no hate i'll, I'll, yet, be, I'll be your I'm first sure don't worry <laughs> you fucking bastard <laughs> yeah still wait what, what did they say to you oh anyway? no they were just like <laughs> microphones are barely muted <laughs> and i was like bastards so so but then i listened back and i was like yeah actually the the music was way too loud like in the background and mm. that's because and when i was mixing through my speakers sounded fine i could hear it absolutely fine play on a phone of course you're not getting those deeper richer sounds you're getting the high-end mm. stuff um and so yeah it was a bit drowned out and so uh, yeah that was kind of a, a learning curve for me i i i am a, a devil for killing by killing with kindness though i just comment back saying thank <laughs> you so much for your feedback <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd be to say i'm not i don't want to engage them like it's just you get you get nowhere with it yeah like. and like it's a learning curve as well because like i will be the first to admit i am not a tech person at all when it comes to electronics and things like that um you know i i'm much more of a like how it feels type thing and not focusing on um, individual specs and things like that because I, I don't know i guess it doesn't really that isn't what attracts me to guitar playing and, uh, and bass playing and music yeah. so i I don't know. I feel like I, maybe I should invest in that more. I am starting to get better at that with um <laughs> with putting pickups in and stuff like that. But I've never been that good at that kind oh, of stuff. I hate soldering as well. I just uh, I make 
especially the active bases you look inside it and it's like a hydra's nest of button wires and knobs and they're filling they're put into this tiny cavity about four centimeters wide and long you're like i'm not going near yeah, that and then you've got <laughs> this ground wire like well, what the hell does this go what does this do if I do? and then you start i start going on forums like what if i haven't done this what do i do you know there's a whole level of bang that's why i've got some new emgs and i bought them because they were solderless <laughs> Oh, they're cool. I've never used them. That it, it's, it's cheating, isn't it? They just click yeah. in. That's so yeah. handy. Are they the geezer butler ones? Are they? they are. Yeah, I have a bit. I have a build. I'm just finished a build there now. It's like um, uh, I'll put it up soon. It's it, it's a it's a Rory Gallagher themed P base for a friend in Cork who did he did the the album art for the last live Rory album. Ooh. So he sprayed this base and I did it up from. But um, my next build, I'd love to get those geezer butler pickups. Yeah, they sounded. They look they awesome. Sounded they great. Sound awesome. Like I kind of, I just randomly searched like um, solderless pickups. I didn't even know if it was a thing, and then they were the first things yeah. that came up. And then I listened to them, and I was like, "Oh, this is exactly what I'm after." Sound wise, this sounds so good. Um, and so yeah, that's what I wanted to. It's kind of like a more rocking P bass sound, yeah, isn't it? Like that's what the geezer pickups exactly. are. Exactly, and that and that's what you know, obviously, what I'm I'm into, and so. You know, it's like perfect for me. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, but the building the bases is fun though. Like the Franken bases, just sticking all the bits together. Yeah. I have so many unfinished projects. Oh, it's a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've never, I've never properly done like a, either like a build custom or like just swapping bits out. I've only ever changed like pit guards and things like that. Um, because uh, to me, it's quite superficial, but aesthetics are just so important. Like if I yeah. don't like the look of a base, I don't want to play it, <laughs> and I don't like. Nah, it's just not. If it doesn't make me want to pick it up, then you know I'm not going to be inspired. Yeah, by it. well, true. Yeah, but the putting the bits together, it's quite easy. Well, not easy, but it's a it's a learning curve that's not that steep. You know, the next will go on most bodies. Yeah, you can chip out a bit of wood if you have. Yeah, to. that's it. Oh, actually, I tell lie. I did try to do a project build once, and it was a disaster. Oh, you talked. You talked about this earlier, did you? Was this the Jaguar? No, and no this, the, was, this was no, before, this was this was a couple of years before. I forgot about this. This was a um, I wanted to do like a classic P base, and I'd I'd not had a P base for years at this point. Um, and I was like, right, I'm going to buy like a sunburst body, have the red taut pit guard on there, rosewood fretboard, really like classic looking, but with modern sound. And um. And I, I bought the I bought the body because I was like, ah, what doesn't matter? Just get any old body. And it was literally like MDF. <laughs> and I got this neck, uh, which was like probably like 25 quid, I think. And it was like a telly base. Uh, pretty much, it sounds like you're setting yourself up to fail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and I didn't it didn't get any further than that because I but I put them together. Well, I had to like route out the or get my dad, sorry, at the time to route out the uh, the pocket to fit the necking because of course yeah. i assumed yeah that will just fit right um <laughs> i had to get him to do that for me and then it didn't go any further than that because i was i, I just was like and now i don't know what to do and i don't know what i'm doing so i'm gonna <laughs> get rid of this yeah i have i must get on what will i do next i don't know I, I really botched the short scale i got a harley benton cheap for like 50 quid off second hand and then I, I was trying to fix the neck and the, the angle grinders slipped and cut the neck <laughs> cut the cut the neck a big huge chunk down the middle so i had to throw it away but i kept i kept the machine head so I, and 
the body, so I had something left over. He should have made it an even shorter scale, just chopped it off there and <laughs> fit it at the neck. <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe it's still in the bin there. I, I do some of those big jobs on my my f- parents' farm, like so. It's probably not good to have an angle grinder anywhere near me. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's you know, that's that's a video idea for you there, creating that base. <laughs> and, and is it what? What do you record into? Is it Logic you use for your audio? Yeah, so I'm using Logic Pro uh, 10, and for me, that's just always been the, my go-to program that I've been using for years now. Um, since they upgraded to 10, it's just so user-friendly, isn't it? Like it, when I first yeah. got it, I was like, "This is Garage Band, right?" This is Garage Band. It looks exactly looks exactly, the same, yeah. Um, and they've done the same now with um, iMovie. It looks a lot like Final Cut Pro now. Yeah, really. Because when I I used a modern version of iMovie, and I was like, oh, this is what's going on with this. This isn't what it used to look like. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, Logic is my is my is my go to, and Logic is great. I think there's so like some really good stock base for base anyway like the stock ampeg base yeah. tone on there is great i think with a bit of like eq on there perfect yeah i'm not really like that big into that side of things i want to get more as i'm doing more remote recording and stuff i want to get into it but to my ears like th- those those things sound good like and then i see by people buying like the universal audio interfaces which are like a thousand quid and all these plugins and then i'm listening to me playing into logic and it sounds really good i'm like I don't know. Am, am I going to spend? I'm sure there is an increase in quality, but the the free plugins with Logic and things like that sound pretty awesome to me. Yeah, I I honestly think like you need you just need to find what works for you, and then uh, go from there. And you don't having this idea that you need the expensive stuff to sound good is just so not true. Like for me, uh, so for my guitar tones and stuff, I use. Um, an old version of uh pod farm so the plug-in version line six and and that is like i love it i think uh, and i use very limited effects on it um and some logic uh based effects as well but when you're more limited i think sometimes you inspires you to play more and like use your instrument more to get the sounds that you need yeah um so when i got the line six hx stomp i was like great i'll have like helix style tones now great and i just started spending hours and hours tweaking the tones and trying to get it to how i wanted it to the point where like now i don't want to turn the thing on and i'm like oh yeah i was thinking of buying it as my next big build i wanted to ask you what's the story with this because i see janik has it and he, has, he sells presets and everything so, Janik Gwizdala, like, would you recommend it to buy the, the HX? So I, I've gone through phases. So I started off like, not like, like, yeah, I got a good standard bass but tone. Before you start, I just want to say, look, if Line 6 are listening, we've already shit on the spider ramp. <laughs> <laughs> but you do make some class stuff. So if you want to give us, everyone to give us free stuff, that's okay. But we've not, Line 6 does make great stuff. Let's just let's all just erase the spider ramp from history. That's all. So <laughs> hey, wouldn't be where we were uh, without the uh, without the old spider. But yeah, go on. Tell me about the H because I actually am curious to hear like a person's uh, idea of what it's like. Yeah. Now. So so I started getting like demotivated with writing anything because I was like, oh, I've got I've got these tones at my disposal, but the presets are all shit, and they are the presets are just 
not good for bass or guitar, I don't think. And that seems to be a unanimous like thought across the board that like, yeah, these products are good if you know what you're doing with them. And at the start, yeah. I didn't really. And oh, I still, still don't. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not an EQ. <laughs> like I know what shape EQs are like, but I'm not a numbers like EQ person. So if somebody said, oh yeah, well, it sounds like it needs yeah. like 16 million Hertz taken out of it. And I'm like, well, mm. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but I know like what curve I like, you know? Exactly. Um, so, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So, so I was getting a bit lost in it all and I was like, oh God, this is so demotivating. I don't want it. It makes me just, so I just started going back to pod farm for like guitar set anyway. And then I was like, oh, can I really justify keeping this if I'm going to use it just for, for the bass stuff? Oh, I don't know. Um, but then my, my initial idea with it as well was to get rid of a, get rid of my bass head and have that as my head and just buy, um, oh, it's electro harmonics. They do this, um, power amp pedal that uh my uh mm. the guitarist in my band Novamora, um he's got the um line six pod hd helix, no, not, not the helix the oh. one before that i think it was before they had the helix and it sounds great and he's a phenomenal player so obviously he makes it sound really good um and he does that and he was like you like it's so good because he, he just has his cab and his pedal board and that's it, it and that just powers it through the cab it's great um so i was thinking about doing that um, I still need to experiment it with it more because I didn't really like it when I tried it at practice. It just felt like something was missing. Um, I'm going to do a video on that soon, hopefully, because I do, I do want to troubleshoot some things for that because I think I was doing it wrong. Uh, there's some like set, global settings I need to change for that. But, um, yeah. but now I'm back on board with the HX Stomp. I'm liking it again. I got a new... Yeah, really? so you're I started... I did a video of trying to create a patch um, and I've kind of understood mm. it a bit more now and kind of got the sound that I want. Um, and with the with the Line 6 uh, pod farm stuff, here you go, Line 6, I am praising you for the pod farm. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was the thing that was kind of shaped like a kidney. Was that? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the pod yeah. thing, yeah, that was brilliant. When yeah, that came exactly. Out. Um, and they did like a, a rack mount like head version of it as well, which I was tempted by. But yeah. the, I've got the, um, this, the, the plug-in version. For, for logic that I use um and you know with, with the uh not the line six stuff sorry with the logic bass amp I pretty much got the one sound and I used to run my sans amp through it and into that and that was my sound but I was like oh what if I want some other sounds and the recent bass I've got the Epiphone Embassy which I'm editing at the minute um that is the first bass I've had that I've actually oh actually I do want a different amp and so I'm back on board with yeah. the HX on now because it's 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 working for what I need now, and uh, mm. and being able to have my bass tones and my guitar tones in one place is is pretty handy, and uh, so yeah. And do you ever mic up for a sound? Do you, is it always DI always or DI. You never? Do you ever yeah, mic always up? DI. When you're going into the studio, nine times out of ten, you're gonna be DIing. Like I actually found when I did the fuzz video, um, it just didn't sound good DI, and so I got this mic here the sure 7b and i crank i don't ever play my amp in at home really much it's always just using the studio speakers or the practice amp but it did actually sound really good micing it up for the fuzz i don't know i just couldn't it just didn't give the sound the simulated sound or di wasn't the same as just having an actual amp like blaring and rumbling. yeah that's the thing as long, i think as long as you've got some kind of amp sim 
in there, do, giving that like the bulk of the tone underneath the effects on top. Um, it's normally okay, With, but like where I am now, like I, ne I never get my amp out. I've got a Fender Rumble um, amp set up for live, which I love, and um, it's great. But like I never have, I don't have the equipment to, at the minute to set it up at home, or it's too loud and. It's a, it's a bloody mm -hmm. faff when I can just record it upstairs and get and get good results. So that's kind of my way. Yeah, I don't have a go-to amp really. Like I, I blew up four, was it no five Trace Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is what's so the pattern stopped... there? Is it you or Trace Elliot? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're cheap. They're like fifty quid each or something, and then I just kept buying them because they kept popping up. But uh, I'm finished with Trace now, and it, they were all the '80s ones that was I was playing, and they they were pretty good. Like, but they just can't handle the abuse. <laughs> So I have no problems with the TC electronic stuff. I haven't blown up any of their gear yet. Yeah, I nearly got a TC electronic head, actually. Is that which one have you got? Is it the 700 one? I actually don't know. Let me, what's it called? It's it's like this new cheap one they bought out. It's like 200 quid or something. That's the one I have here. I have a, a bigger one in the van, but it's in the van still. Nice. But um, yeah, the amp thing, I'm not really mad. I don't, you know, with the bass player, a lot of time it's your GI sound anyway that's coming out at a gig. That's what people yeah. are hearing. The amp is just a monitor. It's just an on-stage thing, isn't it? And that's why I was like, ah, oh, yeah, the, the HX Stomp would be great because I could just send that exact sound with the um, cab sim, and the, uh, you know, out to front of house and it'd be great. Uh, but it's not got the eye out on it, which I think is really silly. Um, I wish it did. Yeah, I have the, the Zoom B3 um, on the floor there and it has the DI out. And, it's, and then the new version doesn't have the DI out. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll keep the old one because it's a really handy little feature. Like it's because it, it becomes a DI box as yeah, well. Then. Absolutely. And it's like, I could use my Sans amp for DI stripe front of house, but I always just prefer going out the back of the head for some reason. I don't know. Well, you can't beat the Tech 21 um, uh, DI box because the sound engineer always gives you the nod. He's like, yeah, that's great. That's going to sound good yeah, tonight. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and you have the sound engineer on your side. Like, you can't beat yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you, you don't want to get on there on, in their bad books. Definitely not. <laughs> but you're working on the Epiphone video at the moment. Yeah, man. So that's, uh, I saw that base on eBay um, and it wasn't on my radar at all. I was just like, I think I was searching for something else and I saw it popped up as an ad on eBay and I was like, oh my God, I need that. I knew of the bass before and they're not in production anymore. So in the video I say like, yeah. and it's been modded this bass as well. So I'm kind yeah. of like, it looks freaking, it looks lovely. It's really, yeah. Cool. That, that's what attracted me to it. Like I said, looks are very important. Um, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I just decided to bite the bullet, pick that one up and, uh, and see what it sounds like. And yeah, so it's a roaring machine. That thing really, really cool. It's, it's actually decent. It was worth them. It'll be staying. Well, mm, it, at the minute, yeah, I do. Ch I change my opinion. I change my mind quite a lot on what I'm going to keep. But yeah, at the minute, it's staying. It's a good one. Yeah, I have my, my wall is full, and that anything more has to go. Like I sold a Music Man sub five string there on Sunday, and I didn't really feel bad. I didn't like the sound of it at all. Like it, it's a really good bass, and it the fellow who bought it will get a use out of it. But for me. The strings were too close together and I don't play five string. Ah. And I have a square five string with huge string spacing, which doesn't feel weird for me to play. See, that's my, yeah, I kind of feel like, because I've never owned a five string, that might be my next thing, to be fair. And that's what I'm always worried about. I'm like, oh, do I want something that's going to be a, a massive change with this huge neck? Or do I want something that's like, 
like that Music Man because Music Man was always my first thought with the five string. I was like, yeah, because their necks are great. Um, so I'll, I'll go yeah. for, for something like that. Um, that's in, so it's interesting that you say that because I'm not sure actually whether so I'd get on. What with happened it. was I was doing this. I just found it there. At, I was doing this musical. I, was, I got asked to play the bass, the wedding singer. It's a musical based on the film, and um, the score actually has like it. It says on it. Uh, where the hell? I haven't opened this now <laughs> in over in nearly two years or a year and a half. But it says on the score with five strings. So I was like, when I got the gig, then I was like, oh well, I need a five string. <laughs> I, I'm I'm but, so uh, like that. I'm like, well, you know. I bit I got asked to do I've done I've only done like one wedding before and I was like well you know if I if I do weddings in the future probably gonna need a five string right that's an excuse to buy a bass yeah <laughs> I'll do that I'll find any excuse but to it, buy a new guitar yeah that's good you know but I got I I had the square with the big string space and and I bought the other one for the gig but I ended up using the square because my fingers get got kept getting confused and playing the wrong strings on the the one with the tiny string space and so. I think if you're going to get a five string, get one with really wide strings apart just to get used to it. But that being said, I haven't played it since the musical barely. I have no interest in playing five string. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would because I, all everything I play is pretty much in drop D or in drop tuning anyway. Uh, very rarely in standard, and all you know, all my band stuff is all in drop D. So for like a functional use for me at the minute, I don't have one for a five string. I just just want one. <laughs> And are you a big practicer? Like, are you? Would you? Do you go into the shed, as they say, like doing, like learning, doing your scales, or are you into that kind of no, stuff as well? Not at all. Not at all. I'm completely self-taught, um, and you know, I just noodle basically. And that is probably not the best way to promote. It isn't. It isn't really because the reason why I started bass and why I, you know, continued playing music was because I stopped learning. Um, I just didn't like. Mm -hmm learning chords and learning scales and things like that you know the theory stuff does come into it and help but um for me it just came about became about like groove and feel and playing parts i thought were cool rather than learn so if someone said like oh can you play this scale i'd be like no like i'm very untraditional <laughs> in the way that i learn my instrument yeah. um but you know I, that that works for me and if, if i don't want to learn something that way then then i'm not going to do it so i just want to do what well that's okay like there's there's room for every type of bass player really yeah and have you any you've no plans then to put up like this is educational stuff <laughs> on your channel <laughs> I, I don't i don't want anyone to look at my channel and think wow i really learned something <laughs> no, no i don't think so um i think i just want to be myself i think on the channel and i think that's that transparency is actually quite valuable um i've had a lot of people you know a lot of people not loads of people i i've kind of created this little community now of people which i absolutely love talking to like-minded people you know talking about gear talking about bass and everything yeah. like that and having a laugh with and things like that and it, that's cool though. it's that's so brilliant. nice um and uh and so yeah so i don't really it's this whole relationship with social media as well i think a couple of years ago you know i used to really care what people thought about me and like you know take a if i'm putting up a picture of myself i'll take a million and i'm gonna pick the best one yeah. you know and just be so critical of myself and i think it's so unhealthy um you know i'm not i'm not saying anything new here this is all well-known stuff but for me i kind of came to this thing where actually you no know, i use social media a lot i 
Insta- you know, glued to Instagram, but I think I use it in a healthy way where I'm not like, um, I'm not looking at something and going, oh, I wish my life was like that, you know, and, or I'm not portraying yeah. a version of myself that isn't true on the internet. And so I want to keep making the videos the way that I, you know, while still filling that gap, I'm still staying true to myself yeah. and on Instagram and stuff like that. Like I'll be a, I'll be a fucking idiot, you know, and, and like post disgusting <laughs> pictures of myself or things like that, you know. Now you're very real on it. You're there hugging your um, bunnies or your rabbits. Like you're not afraid and your cats are not afraid to show that. <laughs> exactly. And it's just being a weirdo and like, and people seem to react. And I talk to people even more, you know, that way. I think it just is more real and more it kind of breaks down that barrier as well. Cause you see, I think it's, it's less, not less intimidating, but like, I don't know. It's just, I just feel more true to myself. And I think that's a much healthier and I'm so much happier for it as well. And doing that and that, you know, it's, it's very easy to slip down that, that route of social media and thinking that, oh God, I've got to put this, I've got to live up to the expectation of what I've put of myself online and how I've betrayed myself. Yeah. Whereas if you, you know, betray online that you're a fucking idiot, then, <laughs> then you feel great <laughs> about yourself. In, in real life, you're not like that. Set, set the bar so <laughs> low, you're never going <laughs> to go exactly. below. <laughs> so yeah, I just, just being yourself, it's just, so much better and even when it comes to like the content that i produce as well um i've got i definitely got a mindset about it in terms of uh what i think people want out of videos and why people might want to come back because if i'm just sat there playing something and reading off a spec sheet like that's another nitpicky thing for me when people I see videos and they're just reading like, oh, this one's got this wood and this and this specs and this. Like, yeah, who, exactly. Who cares? I can I can go and read that. Like, I don't need you yeah. to tell me that. I want you to tell me your opinion of it, how it makes you feel, and I I, I want to be entertained and I want it and I want to hear it. You know, so and I want you I want you to be real about it. So the more real you can be and be yourself, and the more authentic, I think people will latch onto that more. And I just think that mm. that's I don't know, like. Uh, a reason why why some people have stuck around and uh, and smashed that like button, you know. I think, um, <laughs> but you, you don't you can't really watch the likes either, can you? And the subs, it, that's a very bad hole to get into. Yeah. Seeing how many you have every day, or you just gotta just keep doing it because you like doing it. Yeah, enjoy the journey if you, if you want to say that. Exactly, way. like you should always set goals for yourself, but like not yeah. <laughs> not numerical ones, I don't think. Because yeah, then you can start getting no uh, bogged down in it, or getting disappointed and. Uh, it's nice when you pass the landmarks like oh 100 subs thousand whatever like yeah. you know but don't, you can't really get obsessed with it but it's it's actually what you said it's about like building a little community like and if you're putting up stuff and people are commenting that you've already achieved the goal of of putting of being involved in the base social world or whatever you want to call it like that's that's the idea put up stuff people engage with it that's it that's all you really want to achieve exactly. well for me anyway that's what i want and it's to a way of enabling uh because, you know, I love gear. I, like I said, I'm not a technical person, but I love gear. Um, and uh, mm. and it's just a way of enabling that as well, you know, an excuse to buy more stuff without spending a ridiculous amount of money. Actually, I'm tempted to post this to you. If I don't, look, if I don't do a review of this pedal in the next month, I'll, I'll post it to you, but you have to send it back to me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'll, I'll come to Somerset. <laughs> it's just a cheap fuzz that I bought on Amazon. Well, Oh, I shouldn't shop on Amazon, but look, I needed something and it was the lockdown. But um, it's it's what's it called? 
Donner. Have you ever, have you ever heard of yeah. Donner? It's a Donner fuzz seeker, and the, the octave is kind of a, an octave up the, the oh, extra switch. Cool. It's a, a fuzz octave pedal for guitar and bass, and it sounds awesome. And it was like 20 Really? <laughs> and that has these tiny little knobs on it. It's so you weird looking. That is the thing I'm talking about, right? So look at those knobs. They're exactly the same as the one on the Velton and the Sonic Cake, Sonic Bar, Sonic Boom, uh, Boom, yeah. blah, 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 that bass. That one. Yeah. It's the same. And Yeah, what's... What's with these knobs, like uh, lads in China making these yeah. pedals? It can be that expensive to increase the footprint of the knobs. Like they're tiny, like, they're like little smarties. Or little and sweets, like when like. and they glow up, like oh my god, they blind you and you can't see where the way you're twiddling them. <laughs> but uh, this sounds awesome. I I have to do a review soon, and if I don't, I'll send it. You're the man for the review. Oh, yeah, man, that would be awesome. It sounds like I keep saying with these, uh, with these. Does does that have an octave? Just an octave up, or is it octave up and down? Uh, only octave up, but it's not. It's weird. It's hard. It's it doesn't sound like it. It it doesn't really blend in. Like it's like a full octave. It just adds a little bit of weird resonance when you click it. It's hard to describe. It's like yeah. I have to describe it with funny verbs and stuff. Like, it, it just adds this kind of overtone octavey thing, but it's not, it doesn't sound like a full doubler effect. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Oh, Am I making myself music, clear as Music mother? adjectives <laughs> are like my favorite. Like, That's it, music like the ones adjectives. That, yeah, exactly. Like the, the words that I try and think of like to try and describe a sound is, is insane. I tell you yeah. what, um, uh, have you heard of the guitarist uh, Yvette Young from the band Covet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, class. She, yeah. I think she's like, and she plays a Talman. Yes, That's her signature yes, model. Is, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, the way that she talks about music is so inspiring and so interesting. Mm. Like talking about it, vi- like visually, like about where mm. notes go and like how co- the color yeah. of tone and things like that. And I think she's fascinated to to listen to. Yeah, I like playing and talking. I like that people like her are getting big in the guitar community because she's out writing sonic sounds and music and it's not about even though she is technically amazing but that's not really what she's trying to get out there is yeah it? And, and i think that's something that is you know we're coming back to another nitpicky thing uh, or a pet peeve about like people on youtube is when they go um okay and this is how let's have a listen to what this sounds like you're like well that's you know useless to me um sometimes less yeah, sometimes exactly. less is more um in those circumstances which is why i can get away with being shit <laughs> um you're definitely not shit man <laughs> thank you for the sympathy <laughs> but I, I was very hard on myself when i started making them I like oh i'd be in this shed for two days trying to get the perfect take but i'm never going back to doing that i'll be it's warts and all i know absolutely uh, it's going up there you know like yourself i didn't start doing the content to get to to get paid to do it i was just doing it because it was fun and it it kind of made me get out and play the, the bass like you know i do practice a good bit but i'm more about creating bass lines and sounds with pedals and good excuse to buy gear <laughs> let's be honest exactly <laughs> we, we think alike <laughs> johnny well i think we covered a lot about the the content creation there and um so if people want to grab find you online what what's your um 
what you call it url or that kind of thing so if you go to uh davy 504 that's me actually playing in the background no um so i'm <laughs> johnny i can't you're about to get nine million subs i can't believe it's it insane, isn't it? just helping you out here. real real voice reveal real voice <laughs> reveal i'm actually from somerset yeah. <laughs> real pace review here i am um no, so uh yeah you can find me uh on instagram at johnny dibble and youtube uh, you know, slash C slash Johnny Dibble, however those URLs are. But yeah, Johnny Dibble on on all the platforms, just my name. Uh, okay, just you thought you were about to be allowed to go and get a cup of coffee, but I forgot to touch on something there. Any uh, any interest in going on Twitch? Because that's kind of like the the zeitgeist at the moment, being a Twitch guy. Yeah, do you know what? It's things like Twitch and Discord that I don't know anything about. Um, somebody invited me like somebody started up a discord for me the other day they're like what, what's discord i don't even know what that me is. neither it's it's basically <laughs> um like a like a social chat place where i think you could do live chats with people and you also can just like it's kind of like reddit in the way that it's laid out in the text comes out i still don't really understand it if i'm honest but somebody okay. like a, a lot of like big youtubers um have it um and someone said it's just text, like yeah, it's just I sending, think so. Talking, yeah, it's just yeah. I still don't get it. Um, and we sound like somebody <laughs> gets you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Where does that go? Exactly. So, he, and yeah, a, a follower of mine was like, "Oh, I've set up um, I've set up a Discord, so we um, you know, the community can can all talk on there." And I was like, "What? <laughs> like number one? Thank you. That's so cool. Number two, don't know what so. I'm doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and and Twitch as well." Um, I do want to do some like live stream stuff, but because uh, I did a video on like um, looking at like going online and window shopping on Andertons and like seeing what I could get for yeah, like, a thousand yeah. pound, and it and it was a cool <laughs> video. Fun. Like I liked doing it; it was really fun. But I think it lends itself more to a live stream, and I was like, oh, I'd love to do that mm. kind of thing. But I don't know. Is the audience there for it? Yeah, I feel. I kind of feel like, oh, let's build the YouTube stuff up first, uh, and then. No, I, I definitely have. You kind of have to get in now, like while it's the new thing. Oh, that is true. So you're probably better. So I actually do want to do the Twitch, but I don't have time at the moment. I, I have to just get get stuck in and do it because someone was saying it doesn't work really well on Apple devices. I'm not sure is that true. If you're on Windows or Apple, I'm I'm on I'm on but, Apple. Um, so, uh... Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm gonna have to get into the Twitch thing as well. Like, it sounds like fun, and uh, there's a few Janik and Jamie Lewis, uh, Evan Marion, a bunch of those guys are starting to do it now, and it seems to be going really well for them. Like, there's like a big community who are interested. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something that I need to look into. I think because um, I think it could be really cool. I think I just get nervous going live. Said <laughs> not one take person. <laughs> You'd be like that uh, guy who was on the news, remember on Sky News, and his daughter, his three children come in, like, <laughs> and then the housekeeper comes in, grabs all the children. <laughs> that actually happened on a webinar I was on the other day. <laughs> yeah, really? something very similar like that nearly happened. Oh, it's very funny. <laughs> hey, as long as they don't get up and they've got no pants on, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like. Oh, I haven't got any on right now. <laughs> <laughs> who needs pants? Twenty twenty. <laughs> all right lads so check out johnny at johnny dibble on instagram and youtube am i right that's right yeah cool all right see you later Cheers. Lads.